This podcast is a member of WGPRN, WildGamesProductions.com. Testing one two three. That might be good enough. Can you say something? We're back. That might actually work. See, I think it's because I'm speaking a little bit lower that the, the mic actually. I'm looking at the squiggly lines right now, you know, mm-hmm. the sound wave, and uh, mine always ends up picking up a little bit lower than yours for some reason. I'm not quite hmm. sure. That's strange. Anyway. Are we ready to start the shindig? We are. Yes, we are, was the proper answer. <laughs> That's right. Yes, we are. And the hive mind mothership comes back with you. Are we still flying? I forget. Well, we were in the bunker with seeing the concert. No, because... Wait, hold on a second. So, timeline. Let's stop and explain. White Plume Mountain is finished. We're, we, it's we, been we're, finished. We are. We're done. It's just now a process of weekly releasing the episodes. And we've had some technically... Difficulty? Technical difficulties? No comment. <laughs> Regardless, I think at this no, point... No, we've been on vacation. Shh. We've been actually working on 40K miniatures. Shh. I'll take pictures of those. We've been secretly working on our new Gamma World project. They don't even know about that. <laughs> sleep, sleep. Um, but this Hive Mind special is I think about we are what? flying still. We are still flying. Well, after the S concert. <laughs> there you go that's what the particular episode's about we are flying we are flying we're flying high so Dan okay this is the presentation of a concert am I correct yeah so kind of like we did for the Macedon episode we we do this for everything that we enjoy yes falls under that category now I want to explain to listeners beforehand I'm not much of a yes fan and but, why is that you need to explain why well because technically you enjoy them I enjoy them on two. So for me, when I come and I look at media, there are two different thi- uh, qualifications. It's not so much is it good and do I like it. It's it's a little bit deeper than that. So I look at, especially with music, technical skill. Do these people actually know how to play music? Because there's a bunch of music I like where they don't. It's not that good. They don't know how to play. You know what I'm saying? I don't like punk rock, but you know. I don't think those guys know how to play. I agree with Bruce Dickinson not too long ago. I said the exact same thing. He's like, punk, punk doesn't know how to play. They don't, you know. Fucking. Punk rock is skateboard music. And since we went down that road. I mean, yeah, every I every gamer that I game with who like punk rock were skateboarders. Are they under a bridge now? No. Well, actually one is. But most of them are very successful now. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that stereotype isn't true. But um, I guess what I'm saying is I enjoy Yes on a very technical... But... You have a hard time. In the background, you have, me off. you have a hard time. I have with a hard time with the actual singer, the singer, and some of some of the instrument, not the instrument, some of the um, arrangements. Arrangements. Thank you. The way they they choose to play it, it's kind of like a dream theater thing. It is dream theater. Um, to understand like, dream theater, you got to hear Genesis and Yes. Yeah, dream theater. What they'll go off of, and I'll, I'll keep this really brief. They have a really strong opening, and then I feel like they go off in La La Land, and they come back, and I that's not my 
forte. I like a little bit more of a, for a progressive song, a little bit more of a straightforward punch, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But I guess like, well, then what's the point of progressive? You don't go off somewhere. Well, there's a difference between a jam chest and progressive. But my point is, yes, that is kind of hard for me to swallow. The flip side is this new album, Heaven and Earth. We got to touch on that. I I I like the album. Half that album, I'm absolutely. Well, that album with. is really your album and my For daughter's. Because my, yeah. my daughter went with us, Simone, who's nine, and this is her second show. Most of you'll be jealous when you hear this, but her first show was the redone Iron Maiden Seventh Son of the Seventh Son, and I told her from that show onwards, it'll just be downhill from there. So let's be honest, this, <laughs> and that's actually one comment, fast forward, you said to me after the show, is it kind of was a little bit downhill. You've seen Yes how many times? Well, I'm a huge Yes fan. Um, I know the band pretty well, in a sense, I've seen them about 10 different times. My first show with them was actually the Anderson, Bruford, Wickman, and Howe show, which is when they were in legal difficulty with Chris Squire back in the 80s. There was a lot of problems with that, and people can look up the history on that, what that was all about. But that album was really good. It encompassed some of the original members in the Anderson, Bruford, Wickman, and Howe, and you have to understand why, because Alan White now has carried the drum for most of the career of Yes, but Bill Bruford was like the first one. Crumble the crumple. So, um, it's homemade uh, baked uh, salsa, which need, looks really good. need to give Josh something to edit, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> so what, in your in your Okay, glass, so let me... Oh well, you, you gotta let them know. You're gonna eat. You gotta let them know. Yeah, well, we have a classic. Uh, what is it now? You bought it. Um, it's a mixed menage, berry. Menage a trois. It's a, a mixed berry. It's a mixture between uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, a Merlot, and a Zinfandel. Which I is think. some of my favorites when they mix. And you were not a wine fan a year ago, and now I'm you've a, found the taste in the. I'm a fan of two major wines thus far, and I say fan. The rest of them I can kind of live without. I like the Seven Zins. Very nice taste. It's very to the point, not but not. I don't want to say it's strong. And then you have the uh, this one right here, which I just barely tried. And We're I, fortunate here in the Bay Area, California, where the wines that cost us six ninety nine would charge you thirty dollars somewhere else. We're having a drought, but fuck, we got wine. We got wine. <laughs> it's like King's Landing. <laughs> no, this is, yeah, but it's a lot. Actually, it's a lot like the Middle East. You know, no water, but they got all the great wine that you want to have. So, anyway, uh, no. Yes, I've seen about 10 times, and my first show was Anderson, Bruford, Wickman, and Howe. And people can look up that situation during the 80s. Uh, that's when Trevor Rabin, the other guitar player, with Chris Squire was trying to fight for the name because Chris Squire, the bassist, and John Anderson, the, the vocalist, were the founding members of Yes. So they had some difficulties, and then they came together uh, and did Yes Union, which people either like that album or hate the album. I didn't like it, personally. Oh, why was that? It was too disjointed because it included almost all the members that ever have been in the Yes, almost all. And the show sounded so disjointed, and uh, it was like, you can't mix Traven Rabin's guitar sound. It's very techno, un unorganic. Sound kind of like at the edge from U2? Yeah, very like okay. that. Very, very techno. So he uses pedals. Well, they all, you. they both do. But the problem well, is, his, his, that, that is his trick, is, is the pedal I, usage? You or? know, that's a good one. I don't know. I don't want to, but his okay. sound is very mechanical sounding. Okay. As a guitar player. Mechanical is in, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand yeah, because I'm coming into this Very Genesis, guy. late Genesis sounding. Okay. Very mechanical. Synthesizer. Almost, but very precise, precision, mechanical sounding, where Steve Howe has more of an organic sound to his guitar. 
sounds. More guitar-y guitar sound. Very organic, very barred sounding out of a tavern, <laughs> very organic. And we were in a tavern, but yeah. we'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll get to that later. But So that mix and that direction was very confusing with that album and stuff. And people can look this up. It was back in 92 that happened. But I have seen John as the head singer um, 10 times at least. And every time I see him... You know, I always tell people, dude, if the Eldar had music, which they do, it would be John Anderson okay. and yes. All right. We, I already <laughs> dropped the 40K reference. Dan, right off to the side. I'm going to have to take a picture of this. In fact, I'm going to do so right now as I'm talking. <laughs> Dan is working on his 40K managers, okay? So literally, as he's sitting here and he's looking over the, uh, you know, <laughs> as he's looking over the uh, the album cover for um, Heaven and Earth, the new album, right to his left, um, or my left, his right rather, He's working on 40K Miniatures. I see, you know, Tyranids. I see uh, Chaos. I see some Tau. Dan, every time you mention Yes, you always have mentioned the Eldar. Can you explain how you were introduced to Yes? Because I think it's fairly obvious. This is my first concert with Yes. <laughs> this is brand new for me. I'm coming in as kind of the inquisitive one. Explain to us exactly. Because I find the story quite amusing. I don't agree, but I, well, I find it amusing. Why do you associate the Eldar? Well, with... okay, this is why. There, back in the '80s, when I played 40k, the original 40k, uh, I played Space Orcs predominantly with Chaos. Those were the two armies I played mm -hmm. exclusively, and my Orc collection could fill this entire table. Back then. <laughs> I mean, I had a massive collection, and back in those days, it was kind of like the Wild West with 40k. You can do what you want. So my orcs were one of those type of races where it was just like pretty much I overwhelmed any opponent except the Eldar. And the guy who I played against, his name was Jeff, and I don't remember his last name, but I looked up to him. He was like 35, and I was 18, 17, 18, and very impressionable. And this guy came with a stick, guitar, he had long hair. If you put ears on him, he'd look like an Eldar. Like in real life. Mm -hmm. And he always had the, like, these odd shirts, like old Genesis shirts with Peter Gabriel. And I was like, dude, where'd you get that? That's like a relic. And then he would like play stuff. He was like, look, expand your mind. Let me play you something. And back in those days, we had tapes. So you'd take your CDs and record it to tapes. So he'd have these mixes of like his... Wait, CDs and recorded tapes? You mean the LP records? or No, you'd take your CD and then... On the tape for record, you would set up the CD to play that song, and then it would record that song on the tape. Mm. So you'd make mixes on your tapes because they didn't have CD to CD recorders or burners at that time. Yeah, I'm that old. No, I anyway, saying, this is ancient technology. I feel like I'm back in the yeah. Anyway, anyway, this guy had a fierce Eldar army. Nobody could defeat him back in that day, and it was it was so like psychotically insane that this Eldar army put psychers and war walkers and. He was just blasting people off the table. It was so funny. Except but anyway. Your, except your brother. <laughs> yeah. His choice of music every time we would play 40K would be yes. And he'd be like, now you guys, this is going to be really challenging for you. But it's one of my favorite albums. It's Relayer. And yes, it was really challenging. And I was like, dude, this is like psycho music. And then all of a sudden he played Relayer with his Eldar so many times. I was like, wow, I really like it, Jeff. This is amazing. I'm going to buy it. Well, he damaged me. <laughs> <laughs> so my first two Yes albums, for the most part, was Relayer and Drama. And if there's any Yes fan out there know what I'm talking about, they're like, what? You started with those two albums? That's insane. Well, that's because this Jeff guy, that's all he played until we got brainwashed listening to him. So we liked him. So here I am building Eldar now going, look at my Yes music and my Eldar. And then classic <laughs> Genesis with Peter Gabriel, which is totally psychotic music. But after it's played every time, you're just like brainwashed into liking it. 
And then, uh, of course, I went to Fragile in, in Close to the Edge, which we had the privilege on this show. They played yes. in its entirety, which so was awesome. with the set list, that's where they started. They started with the whole entire album of Close to the Edge in reverse. And that was cool. So it was a Siberian Katru yeah. um, turning into And You and I, yeah. ending with the title track, Close to the Edge. Yeah. And what do you think about that? <sighs> be 100% honest, it was um, difficult. Yeah, I think your buddy Jeff yeah, I think, I hit think the nail on the head. I was listening. It's good. Okay, so first, we get there, okay? So we go to the San Jose Civic. We went down to San Ho, and we're there. Um, we parked. We get in, and, and the opening band... Was uh, actually surprisingly Sid, good. Sid Arthur was their name, Or correct? Sid Knight or something. Yeah, something like that. And uh, They're really good. In fact, I forgot about that. We need to look them up. Yeah, actually. They were, we, uh, we actually came in. We were hanging outside. And then all of a sudden, we were hearing music. We're like, we better go inside and check them out. Because yeah, I usually it's an hate opening, opening bands. An opening band for Yes? Like, what yeah. does that sound like? And you and I were sitting there. We're kind of like, yeah, this is good. And all of a sudden, they, you and I had the same exact reaction. Yeah. It's like, it did it. And then it like went into this progressive change. Yeah, and it was you really turned good. to me and I turned to you. And it's like, whoa. Yeah, that was and we good. Were good at that moment. But we got to look into that band. They were really well, good. Well, here's the problem. It's like right after that, you know, they were they were done. It's like, yeah, we'll be outside if you want to meet us. Well, yes, is going to come on stage in like five minutes. So I'm sorry, guys. You know? Yeah, exactly. But, but um, that was really good. No, the first half of the concert for me was a, it was difficult. Well, let's explain who's in the lineup. Okay. Oh, yes, let's do okay, that. Okay, first of all, yeah. it's Chris Squire, the bassist, who's one of the founding members of Yes. Yes. Okay, Very so, much so Steve Howe was the second guitar player, but is considered. He's a core member. He's like Bruce the Dickinson. Core, he yes. wasn't there at the beginning, you know. Yes, he's, but he's like. He's uh, the core, yes. Everyone who thinks of Yes thinks of Steve Howe. Yannickson. Good example for yes. Iron Maiden as well. But not as. But Yannick's really more distant. This is true. But Steve Howe is pretty much core, right? And then um, you have Alan White, who's the drummer, mm-hmm. who's the second drummer from Bill Bruford. And people know Bill Bruford is amazing. He's the drummer for King Crimson, and he does a lot of other side projects. He left, yes, to join to join King Crimson, and he's done some amazing scatterbrained progressive music over there. Very challenging music, because I played you King Crimson. Yes, that is challenging, but that's much more but to my taste than... But it's pretty awesome. I mean, if you yes. think about this stuff was done in the... Late sixties and seventies, it still holds up to like yeah. now today people are doing it and it's like catching up. Yeah. When they were doing that, nobody was doing it. Like, oh my gosh, this band is way out of control. You know, it's like Deep Purple, further deep, <laughs> <laughs> deeper purple. Yeah. Um, no, King Crimson's much more to my taste, even though I still have yet to really listen to them in some extent. But uh, that's neither here nor there. So uh, drummer. So we have Alan White, yeah. who was here. These are kind of. Then it was interesting. We have Jeff Downs. Now, Jeff Downs is a very good keyboardist. Mm-hmm. Okay, he is no Rick Wakeman. Okay, Rick Wakeman can play in a professional um, uh, symphony. I mean, he's classically trained. Yeah. So, Jeff Downs, I'm not sure of his full background, but he came on the album in, uh, in 1980, Drama, where the lineup changed, where John actually left the band. And they had another singer who produced the last Yes album, who's a producer now. I can't think of his name offhand, but Jeff was on that one album, and Drama actually is, I love that Yes album. It's really good, and a lot of Yes fans don't like it. I love it. But Jeff Downs came back on the last album, which was Fly From Here, and on the new album, Heaven and Earth. Now, Jeff Downs, he was also in Asia. That was his main group. Okay. That's correct, and he went off with Steve Howe to create that. 
Okay. Oh, so, so that's how that links in. That's right. Yes. You told me this before. So they, they're friends. So it's a, Asia and Yes are kind of the same genre music, but I would say Asia is more Yes light. So if, if Yes is King Crimson light, Asia is Yes light. So it's more radio-friendly prog rock. Okay, but it's still prog rock. Yeah, but it's it's more really radio-friendly. So it's in... Um... It's more like Lonely Heart type stuff for Asia or what? Because I, I don't listen yeah, to Asia. Yeah, I would say yes. I would say it's like that, but it doesn't sound like that. Right. No, it's not the sound. But yeah. I mean, in, in structure, it's much more yeah. straightforward. Okay. Yes, it's more straightforward. I might have yeah. to go and check that out then. Um, And I'll direct you uh, to some of the albums to go check out because some of the later works was horrible. <laughs> so okay. the last album, which I was really looking forward to, I actually bought the album before I heard it because I was so excited, mm-hmm. and it was absolutely horrible. Well, okay. So on a side note, this is between you and I, basically. Um, I know you kind of on a Deep Purple kick, and get this: uh, Jeff Downs was involved as a producer with the remake of Deep Purple's um, song, uh, the ninety ninety second seventy two song. Sorry, Deep Purple seventy two song, uh, Smoke on the Water. Really, that's a great. That's one that of the greatest well, that songs. That was back in '89. Ever, um, but uh, no, because they had a reunion back then. He well, he was along with uh, Tony Iannone and Ian Gillen. Nice, you know. And Ian Gillen's the singer for the the yes. core singer. He wasn't the original singer, but he was the core singer of Deep Purple. Yeah, so have Tony so. Iannone there too was just like a, a really nice well. He's friends with all of them, and Rick well, Wakeman's friends with back all then. Yeah. Is, is but you know, well, I'm Rick Wakeman toss that out there for you. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool lore. Rick Wakeman actually says the first Deep Purple album. It's called Different Shades of Purple. Mm-hmm. He considers to be one of the top 10 rock albums of all time. And Rick Wakeman's pretty epic, if anyone knows. He was a keyboard uh, player for Yes, starting with Closer to the Edge, I believe. Close to the Edge? Yeah, I believe that's when he, he jumped on. Could be fragile. I'm drawing a blank right now. But mm-hmm. he was after uh, Tony Kay, who came back in the 80s to play with Yes, which is kind of interesting, and was on Yes Union. But... Um, quite frankly, Rick Wakeman and John Anderson were not here on this show. And it it felt that way. In other words, after seeing Yes, when they're not there, they're drastically missed. But before we go down that road, I want to mention the new vocalist, who was not on Fly From Here, was which was a different vocalist too. Yes, the newest. But John newest. Davison, first of all, I will say, did a magnificent job on, on vocals because he realized... He cannot interpret these songs because he had he's no personal stake. No, yeah, he, he didn't write them. He doesn't. So it's like it's like me singing a yes yeah, song. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's my age. He's like forty yeah. in his forties. So John's seventy. So it's like, oh my gosh, that's thirty years different. So and then, and John and, and Chris wrote this stuff. I mean. It's like, well, I'm not going to even attempt to fill those shoes. It's like comparing a uh, 70-year-old Jackie Chan yeah, to no, a 40-year-old no, no. Jackie Chan. It's like Chan. taking Joe Saturani and telling him, why don't you do Keith Richards' Rolling Stones because Keith can't make it on the tour. Well, it sounds good, but... It would sound it, better. <laughs> no, it wouldn't because I've seen him with Keith and you can't. You have to have the pirate lich on the stage. You is, have it, to. is that what he's, he's a pirate lich? He's a pirate lich. Everyone is a lich nowadays. Ah, uh, he's a lich. He's, he's a, a pirate, pirate lich. lich. Yeah, he okay. should have been dead thirty years ago. Well, Steve Howe is is definitely a, a lich. He's a bard lich. And you will see him in the coming Asterix series that we're doing. He will come and visit. <laughs> oh yeah, we're not supposed to say anything. <laughs> but anyway, John Davison. <laughs> Deathborn over. <laughs> Let's just say this: you haven't heard John live. 
No, I, okay, but not with besides that said, like DVDs. And yes, that sort of, but besides but, no, that, and that doesn't do justice those DVDs. But yeah. it's different live. But I will truly say, when you see John and Rick with the band, it is some something to behold. It's pretty epic. But I knew going to the show, I'm not going to compare him with John. It's not fair. So I'll just say this: John Davis did a great job. I will say this for me. It's a nice epilogue to the Yes history and to relive the stuff I've lived in the past of the shows. It was nice to revisit uh, a series that I enjoyed with an epilogue book at the end. So I wanted to put like a bard, Lich Bard for the album art. I'm sorry, this is just too perfect. I did a Google image search. Oh, that's so funny. That's so funny. <laughs> and and uh, Keith Richards is the first thing to pop up. Wow. Anyway, I'm sorry. But, so, when you listen to the new album, Heaven Earth, which I would, if you're a Yes fan, pick up. It's really good. It's not as good as other albums. But it is really good. The song that you and I both really like on the album is called The Game. The Game was, okay, and that's so when you the concert... Tell, so this is your show, really. Because you haven't experienced Yes before, so... We they started out with close to the edge album, correct? Okay, so yeah, they played entirety of uh, close to the edge in reverse. That was really cool because uh, I had never listened to the album in its entirety. I kind of I always got to close to the edge. I got to like uh, and you and I. I got to about there, and then that ends. Yeah, yeah, and it's just kind of like at that point, see, I need a break. You know what I'm saying? It was. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's it was it's tough for me to listen to, and I, I listened to Dream Theater. I know I'm not the biggest fan of Dream Theater. I'm a big fan of Mastodon, um, but for yes, for some reason, it, not only the singer, it just it is challenging for me. Yeah, you know. Uh, I also want to clarify. I've really only been listening to Yes for what a couple weeks now. Yeah, because we kind of better end of a month. Because I pretty much told you it would be in your best interest to see it, to say you saw it. Because when you mature and grow, you're exactly. going to think back and no, say, no, "Wow, I really did." I'm glad this I is, did. It's a last chance. Yeah, it's pretty the much reason lost. we're joking about you know Steve Howe being a lich is because he's it's, seventy years old. He's this man could die tomorrow. Yes, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, to answer your question, um, when they start to play uh, Heaven and Earth, things kind of changed for me a little bit. I was starting to listen to that. It's like, oh yeah, okay. These these are the songs I had heard most prominently because it's the newest album. You were playing them. I was playing them at work. You know that sort of thing. So well, they played "Believe Again," "Believe Again," and then they played "The, the Game. Game," and that's the only two they played off the new album. That's it. Well, which they didn't was have time for anything? No, else. I know. Which was I was hoping they were going to play at least one or two more off it because there was a couple of the nice things like "To Ascend" was nice, and I actually like "Subway Walls," which is the end. It's very awkward prog song. It's very awkward. But to hear it live would have been really interesting. So Those interesting off-the-wall songs are always really nice to hear live. But once the game played, I loved because I yes, remember it was nice. I heard it. I wasn't a Yes fan yet, and I heard the game. I was like, that's actually, wow, I'm actually really enjoying this. And then, you know, it all started downhill from there. So how do you like the new Yes album? I enjoy it. And it's definitely, um, like, it re- it's a solid release. Let's put it this way. Um I've not listened to the entire discography. I am in no way, shape, or form qualified to be called a yes scholar or, or you know, yeah, a hardcore fan. But, I'm really you, just you showing up to them. the party at the last moment here. But you're enjoying yourself. But I am enjoying myself. That album is good. And for people, from my perspective, after seeing this and trying to go back and listen to the albums, I would say, yeah, if you've never listened to Yes before, but you're interested, buy this album and see what happens. It's a good you know entry point. Exactly. Um, it, it's it's user friendly. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It's it's a new release, so they kind of understand to some extent, yeah, there's going to be new people popping on board. 
and there was the generation there was old people really old kids, people yeah no there was like grandparent old people there then there was my age people with their daughters or sons which that's what me and then there was new people like you that was just coming out to, to take a chance yeah well the thing so, i liked about that is um the civic has like there's no standing room which is good because my major thing with mastodon is like halfway through listening it's a, it's, I think it's just a prog rock thing you just kind of want to like you're in a symphony you just kind of like sit and, and like bathe yeah you know I'm kind of leaning back to try and everyone there half the people were nicely dressed and I mean like you know yeah, they're work, a, a working blazer class. or something yeah, yeah. yeah a good blue collar audience probably upper blue collar lower white collar audience people exactly. that are in their lives I didn't have to, to worry about yeah. you know you know Iron Maiden Wiccans coming to get me <laughs> well let's identify something um Iron Maiden in the Bay Area is a whole bunch of technocrats uh, that work at Google. So you won't have any fear. But yeah. when you go down to L.A. to watch Iron Maiden like we did, it's a whole bunch of Latino, Wicca, you know, oh, dude, spirit walker people. Weird-ass yeah, that's it, shit. Right the audience is different. Yeah. Oh, man, the marijuana smoke was so thick they didn't need any. I think stage. they were throwing, like, blocks of marijuana in those bonfires out you there know, that I were illegal. Would, I would be freaking, no, I think I that's what was going surprised. on. Holy I think shit. that's what was going on. But um, to, again, to try and bring it back to yes, it's like see our conversations are a lot like prog rock, it's just like this way, that way, that way. Um, the game. As soon as they popped that in, they started playing that. I prefer. Uh, um, but you know what's something I want to mention about uh, believe again in the game. There was a sense of ending and a sense of ad- sadness a little bit in those songs. Yes, it's kind of like the end so, of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, they're going to the Grey Havens. This is very much like this. Almost feels like the end of the of the story of Yas to me. Yeah, I, I kind of can see that. I kind of can see that in regards to they've had such a long journey already. Really long. You know, and so now they're still... They've got to be going on 45 years. Because I, oh. I saw them on the 35th anniversary. Well, yes, it's was, been around since before you. Oh, yeah, 68, I think, is when their first album came out, I believe. 68. I was born in 71. So, yeah, I mean, they've been going. That's why I told my daughter, Simone, I said, look... You're seeing a band that started before Daddy was even born. And, you know, you're now seeing music or hearing music that was entertained by people that are older than Dad, your dad. So it's it's cross-generational. I mean, Yes Music probably crosses at least three generations, if not four. Mm-hmm. That's pretty epic. Well, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I, what what can you add to that? That's... Now, when they went on to Fragile, which was exciting, they played okay. the whole album in its entirety. Yes, from After start those to finish, right? Now, that's a little different from Closer to the Edge. You enjoyed that a little more. I did. Fragile, I enjoyed, especially what was at Heart of the, sun, the Sunrise. No, the one before that. Is Mood for a Day? No, the one before that. Oh, The Fish? No, the one before that. Keep going up. Jeez. Uh, long Distance Runaround. That's it. That's what it was. Bass. Yes. Okay. Chris Squire did the okay. full on I'm bass. listening and it's like, this is a nice concert. I enjoy myself. And then it's like, there's a, one part of the song, okay? And um, I just want to make a, a, a mental image for you guys who are listening. What did the bass look like? Do you remember? Oh, yeah. I will. I'll get, I'll get there. I'll By the get way, there. I've seen that bass. He probably has a name for it. Every time I've seen a show with Yes, he always pulls that bass out. Oh, yeah. It's like the Steve Harris bass. So we're sitting there and it opens up on screen. Now, there's a screen above the concert stage. With like this two two screens. Uh, oh yes. Yeah, well, on well there's side. one on either side, and there's one yeah. in the middle. I'm referring to the one in the middle. The one in the middle starts making all these 
Eddie Van Halen type stripes across mm-hmm. the screen. That's the best way to describe it. Yeah. And uh, and they start playing, and it's like, oh wow, this is. It was a really neat aesthetic for the for the music. But the moment that caught me was when he played an open E. I believe it was open E, yeah, just the strumming the, the top chord or the bottom chord. Just le- and he went into a bass solo. It's just boo. But the thing is, I felt yeah. the music for the first time. Like it hit me, and I was yeah. like. My hair started to turn up on edge. I had goose flesh. I sat up in my seat. I'm like, yeah. oh, damn, it got serious. Yeah. And I'm sitting here. I'm just like, and then he went to the bass. And I was like, yes. And then he'd do it again. And it's like, oh, it's just like, he all he did was from one freaking note. Yeah, but and then, it he turned, went into a, then he went into a bass solo. The bass solo. But I'm saying that yeah. one note out of the whole entire song. Yeah, the song was, was awesome. great. Yeah. Caught me. And it's like, I was getting scared that... T- the bass was so powerful yeah. that I was getting scared that the TVs were going like, to shake off, off the yeah. I was enjoying it. Holy crap. Hold on a second. There's something about long distance run around that's brilliant. And they play it every time they come. It's because if you notice, the song starts off with Steve Howe on the guitar going, This is right. Doing like that, like a chime. Mm-hmm. And then it goes in and it goes into his lead. That's right. And then there's the bass lead. And then Chris gets to do it in the middle of the song. So there's like a bass guitar type of switch around. Like a little solo in that well, that's, song. That's interesting in. you say that because that's one of the comments we had after yeah. after the whole entire concert. I said, you know, I'm used to guitar driven music. That's why I told you, so, mm-hmm. Dan. I'm used to guitar driven music. That's kind of why it's a little difficult for me. But Steve Howe is a musician first, guitarist second. second. Yeah, and yeah. Because he the way he plays the guitar. Don't get me wrong. He is a guitarist. I'm not. I'm not dissing him. No, no. He's one of the greats. Oh yeah. No, I look up to the man. Um, but he plays like. Like an instrument, not he doesn't play it like the guitar. So the thing is, when the music is being made, he writes for the instrument he knows how, yeah. and that is the guitar. It's not a Jimmy Page approach to let me come up with a riff and hopefully, write a song around the riff, yeah, or something like yeah. that nature. You know, um, it's very much so okay. Organic. We have a song, and I need to play something in order to accent this. And actually, yes. the absence of his guitar. Is actually in some ways more powerful than the actual playing of his guitar. He does a lot of nuances. Yes, and then, of course he had a, he got to play the lap steel, which is really really nice. He only played that for most of Close to the Edge, right? And then they yes. took it away. And, yeah, yeah. But that was that was. Really he goes cool. back and forth with it. There, I think about three different times he played it. Yeah. And I don't remember all the songs he played it on, uh, but that that's a staple at a Yes show. Very much so. And then the other cool thing was he would have just one guitar wireless um, with the lead just sitting there. And he would like mute his guitar and play this one while it's just standing still, and he yeah. could get back to the one and that was on the his other shoulder. One, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> so, they were they were hooked up to different uh, vibration sounds, the, the, the way the it different sounded. amps or the different pedals or whatever yeah. it was that were they were you know whatever yeah. get, uh, setup they were using. It was it was nice because it sounded just really like good. the album, but yeah. a little bit better. But they played um, the whole album in its entirety. They'd never yes, done no, the whole thing was there. That's what was so awesome about this tour is they gave the fans for like a nice epilogue tour. Two albums that are beloved by the fans. And Closer this, to the Edge and Fragile. And this was also live on Yahoo. Yes, it was. So people can actually look it up. So, you know, I'll probably... I'll look for that. See if I can get that up for you guys. The other thing was was, was exciting but a disappointment, and we're going to get to it now, was Steve Howe played The Fish. Okay. Which is one of the greatest instrumentals in rockdom. Okay. Okay. But what happened, Darren, Josh? Darren, can I just ask you a quick question? <laughs> and don't, don't give it away. I just want to ask you a quick question. When do you escort a drunk man out of a concert? <laughs> Okay. Far beyond before that happened. Yes, okay, so I just want to iterate, okay? I'm going to tell a story. You ready? You're ready. It's your story because <clears throat> we were in a tavern, we, and Yes was playing. <laughs> okay, yes, that's where I'm going to start. 
All great D&D adventures start where? In a tavern. And around a Stormbringer-type table. <laughs> That's right, around Stormbringer. Good old Stormbringer here. Okay, that was literally what happened. If you remember the, the Tomb of Horrors, that... Uh, Intro at the beginning when everything the started of around came. the tower. Yeah. You know, it's just very, very prominent. When they got gated setting. in by Aserac. It's like, <laughs> yes. So the he thing was is, one of those demon type twos that got Steve, gated was in. Was it Stephen Howell? Was it Steve Howell actually brought us into Aserac's tomb? Maybe I, I misquoted know. it. It may not have been John Pertucci. It may have been Steve Howell. Oh, man. That, oh my gosh, my world was just shaking. <laughs> I was there. And the demons were there too. So let me explain. Oh. They were serving alcohol at the concert. Which all concerts Not do. a big deal. Yeah. And yeah, people get drunk. You want to enjoy yourself. And some people, they like a little buzz and they take it a little too, whatever the reason. Okay, I'm not here to judge. What I am here to say is that there was one guy who was too drunk for his own good. He was... Okay. He was very excited. So this whole time, before <laughs> we even talk about the fish, okay? So the fish is the 12th song in, in the set list, okay? Now this yes. isn't a, a three-minute song, a five-minute song. These are yes songs, okay? We've been sitting for two hours at this point. At least, yeah. Close to. Because we didn't get out until 11, and this show started around 7.30, 8.30, something like that. I think they finally hit the stage before 9. It was like 8.45. Okay, so like we've almost been sitting there for two hours-ish. Yeah, okay? more than two hours, but... The thing is, I really want to iterate that. We've been sitting for a long time. Yeah. It's a long time to get fucking drunk. Okay. And that guy probably was drinking. This guy for a was long drinking time. like okay, it's like he must have been playing a game. Like every time Steve Howe touches the guitar, drink or something. Drink, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Every time the lyricist <laughs> uses the word you know the I don't know, whatever. He was taking a shot. Yeah, and okay, so this guy, okay, we're sitting on these nice seats, uh, kind of tucked in the, the corner, but at the same time we had like a forty five degree angle, maybe a little bit more acute at the stage. And I really want to iterate this for one purpose. We saw everything that happened in the aisle, okay? This guy was skipping, I shit you not, better than I've seen any grade school girl skip with such grace that it was impossible <laughs> to be drunk. So it's funny that you mentioned the Eldar. This man, I think, was an Eldar, Dan. I think he, he, was, a drunken he Eldar. was a drunken Eldar. This man was skipping, was running around, was not heckling too much at the beginning. Not at the beginning. He was kind of, you know... He waited for this song, which okay, I think so he this was song a saboteur. He was planted. You know, oh, he was a plant. For sure. Maybe he was a fan of a Nicki... Mas um, um, Nicki Massage? Yeah, Nicki Massage. <laughs> and he's like, Nicki Minaj, yes. I'm gonna ruin this Yes concert. I'm gonna fuck these guys over up the ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, so here's how it went. All this is happening. The time to escort him was a out of the concert was a while he got up out of his seat he was interrupting so I was bad. gonna say he was, he was already... bad for me because he was already back and forth back and forth yeah I'm... I actually told him hey dude move please yeah exactly so oh, he, yeah, was he was already standing right he was already yeah. teetering he was already <clears throat> on the edge yeah he was definitely on the edge <laughs> the situation was fragile <laughs> and he saw both heaven and earth so the point is <laughs> I think he was more in heaven than on earth <laughs> the point is we get to the fish, and he brings out the not not the drunk guy. I'm not the drunk yeah. guy. Steve Howe brings out the acoustic guitar, and he sits down right in the middle of the stage. Am I am I correct? Yeah, and it's really nice. Everyone's gone, and the lights dim, and they're pointing at him. He starts to play, and I get goosebumps just thinking about it because he starts to play. And it sounds real beautiful, and all of a sudden you're yeah. Oh no, it's, it's like worse than that. Ten feet away from and for us. For you listeners, it's like it's beyond that. This guy yelled out a like a possessed yell that wasn't normal. Well, like it wasn't like multiple voices. I saw he but... had his feet in the air. Oh, yeah. Yelling as yeah. loud as he could yell. 
And then he kept oh, doing it. Spittle leaving his, his oh, yeah. trap no, he hole kept and everything. Doing it. This guy, I was surprised he didn't have an aneurysm. Holy shit. Oh, no, he Yankees. was way out of control. And the, and, uh, and the, one guy right behind him was like, you want to shut the fuck up? Yeah. And it's like he's standing up and you can tell alpha male position. His shoulders are straight And then he, yelled, he to looks right at her. And he goes, yeah, <laughs> as loud as he could. And then they it go was get, your brother. It dude, was your brother. Dude, the possession of Matt Wathenow. Oh, oh, my gosh. So anyway, no, he goes and he runs. Um, he just keeps screaming and screaming. Yeah, but he actually got up and moved around like he was he like. He was being extreme. Yeah, and then he sat down. I just remember oh looking up at him. His legs were, were, were huddled up by his chest. And he was the man was in an aerial loud. fetal position. Yes. yes, screaming as loud as he could. Oh lord! Ruined the atmosphere of the song. Oh, literally, it was literally wrecked. I'm laughing my ass off. Then they this finally got security the most and finally. hilarious thing ever. The lady <sighs> whose husband was going to beat him up. She's like, "You need to leave. You are drunk." He's like, "I don't." Remember. He said something drunk. No, he, he like, told her to to fuck off. Is that what it was? He said it really loud. I don't remember. And then he, he, said, and then so he yelled much. again just to do it. Oh, dude. <laughs> It was funny. This was funny because it's almost like some sacred rituals going on upstairs. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, and and, and uh, upstairs on stage. Yeah. And dude, and he had a ruin. It was literally a tavern. The bard was playing something beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Lich bard was in the probably house. one of the best acoustic songs ever written. Oh yes. And this guy ruins it. So, and he just starts to yell. It was hilarious. It was the drunken dwarf. They finally come the, and they... The you know, drunken dwarf. That's funny. Oh, dude. They, they grabbed him and they got him out of there. But by that time, you know, it's like... The song's almost the done. The song's done. And it's like... I was still giggling. I thought it was the funniest thing ever. Because <laughs> I'm watching everyone. Yes fans are awesome for two reasons, Dan. You ready? Oh, Yes man. fans are awesome for two reasons. One, because... They totally wanted to kill the man. But yeah. lacked the physical power to, to do, do so. It, yeah. <laughs> so it's literally like... You know, half these guys are IT, dressed up nicely and everything, and this guy's drunk, and he's not, like, a barrel-chested man, but he's just a regular dude. Yeah, he was probably my age, around the late 30s. Oh, dude, this guy. And he just felt the need that he had planned that moment. I know he did for that song to <laughs> ruin it for everyone. When he was sober, he had decided yeah. that when he was drunk. That's what he decided. He paid his $100 ticket to do that at that moment and got kicked out. Couldn't come back. I, hope, I honestly hope it was worth the hundred dollars too. Uh, because yeah. after when we were in the car and you got to play that, I was like, my heart sunk a little bit. It's like, oh my gosh. This... Yeah, because you you missed it live for and the I was most like, part. Yeah. It was. I got the anti boner. It was like, yeah. holy crap, this would have been epic. Oh, it would have changed my life. Yeah. Instead, what I got was the D and D. The drunk, yeah, the yeah. drunken, uh, you know, host in the tavern or something. So, yeah. Oh, dude, it was horrible. I hope he's not the host. Did you say host? Oh, did I say that? Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. That's that explains oh, too much. Dude. Anyway, after that, we had moved for a day, and then Heart of the Sunrise, which was really good, finishing out fragile. And then they came back on for encore, and they played. Uh, um, I've seen all good good people. people yes, yep. off the Yes album, back in nineteen seventy or seventy one, it was released. And then uh, they played uh, close. Uh, Heart of, uh, owner of a lonely owner of lonely heart, heart of which, a lonely owner. Yeah, which actually was written by Robert Traver. Yeah, Traven, the other guitar player. And, uh, um, you know, it was a very it won him almost a Grammy. It didn't. Uh, ju- uh, Metallica. Well, thank goodness, because we'd always be listening to it forever. So, but you still are. It still is played on the radio. But um, yeah, it uh, in a lot of ways. For me, who's a Yes fan, I've seen him several times. It was a sad show because this, in my opinion, is going to probably be the last tour. It's funny that you use the the Eldar as a comparison 
I'd be lying. You know, I, that's kind of why I wanted you to mention it. The Eldar, you know. Old warp drives are functioning. Yeah. Captain. <laughs> oh, my little Mia's coming back to report to me and <laughs> grab chip. chips and be really loud. The wine's gone, so she's she's not going for that. No. But anyway, she the, already ate. No. She already drank that without my knowing. Oh, she's already good. Four year old. She already <laughs> drank a full glass of red wine. Yes. Now she's having chips. She's about to yell out during as soon as we start <laughs> playing the fish. She's gonna yell during the credits. Um, no. So, it's funny that you mentioned the Eldar to compare it because the Eldar in 40k, they're on their craft world and they're dying. Yeah. They're, they're a dying race. And what it is is their spirits are locked away in... And unfortunately, Rick Wakeman and John Addison are dead already, and they're in some and we wraith bones somewhere with oh, their soul locked away. Wouldn't that be so. wonderful? <laughs> wouldn't that be wonderful? What Eldar house do you think they would be in? I'm just curious. Put well, on they, the would spot probably, they would probably be put on the, that poor ship, uh, the Iliandrin, or what's the, the Eldar that's in the yellow. I think it's called Iliandrin or okay. something like that. And the reason why is because most of the living souls on that soul are dead. It's it's basically wraith bone. Yeah, they're they're no bodies. Warriors. They're just yeah. souls. They're just they're souls, souls in wraith wraith uh, wraith armor, basically running around to defend what's left of it. Yeah. So it's basically the the final ship that's sailing off. Is that the same ship that has Elvis? No, is, it actually is Elvis an elder. No, he's definitely not. He's definitely not. No, he's a Necron. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he ain't nothing but a hound dog. <laughs> that was brilliant. I have to I have to give you yes, props on that, sir. Good props on that. I see. Everyone no, Dio is an Eldar. Dio's an Eldar? Yeah, he's very... I thought Dio... No, pictures, no, Dio is a freaking no, prince of chaos. No, he's an Eldar. Dark Eldar. <laughs> <laughs> Did I get it? <laughs> Is, uh, yes. Angron, I got you too. <laughs> Angron would be proud. That's okay. But no, it's interesting to use because it is a kind of a dying breed. Yes, it is. It's over. I mean, they're 70s, these guys. and It's it's sad because John really wants to be back with them. I believe he's on tour too. And um, these guys are all pushing 70. And, you know, I'm not saying they're wrapped up, but they are. I, I, I would. They're riding the rest of it out. And whatever the rest is, is not much. Malcolm Young from ACDC is no longer going to be able to play. ACDC is one of my favorite bands, um, simply because of nostalgia. But sure, I, the reason I mentioned this, it's totally off topic. This, these, dude, these things are happening. Robert Williams passed away. Malcolm Young isn't playing. You know, yeah. We still have Iron Maiden, thank God. You know well, saying? they're a little younger. They're actually the generation yes, they under are. them. Yes. So you got another good album or two out of them before they're done. Hopefully, at this rate, who knows? But yes, is fading away. You yeah. know, it's like the Vanguard. Yeah, the, the Vanguard, Forerunners yeah. is really starting to slip well, let's, away. Well, let's look at in it. all aspects well, of life. Deep Purple. Oh yes. Okay, we lost John Lord in 2012, one of the greatest keyboarders ever. And then the the singer and some of these other guys that are in the band, they're so old. It's like they keep doing these reunion tours, but it's not. They're just not at the level they're at. But there are actually some idea that maybe uh, Blackmore and uh, Coverdale may unite. And if they do, because they're a little younger, yeah, that if that happens, that would be real exciting um, to kind of do the second round of Deep Purple. But it would still miss John Lord because you can't think of G Deep Purple without John Lord. Mm -hmm. And John Lord, you can't think of without Deep Purple. Those two are synonymous and everyone else is secondary. Because that, that, that band revolved around his writing 
in his interpretation of that music. So um, I don't think Deep Purple could ever be redone correctly now, now that he's passed. But Deep Purple's important in a lot of ways because they started in 65. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it predates Black Sabbath for I would say they're right there with the Rolling Stones in the incarnation of reinterpreting Elvis Rock. I that's fair. I mean, the time is definitely correct. My thing is all this stuff so I'm I'm much younger than you, Dan. So when you introduce me to this, you're introducing it to me way before you were even my age, sort of thing. You yeah. Know? So this is this is something that's that's old. It's genuinely well, it's hard for aged. you. I think what you're trying to say is hard for you to assimilate so much. There's a lot of it because I started oh, you off with yeah, Iron Maiden no, yeah. and it blew you away. And it's just I even told you what a year and a half ago. I said there's so much to share with you. It's like information overload. No, it's, overload. I, I don't have enough time. No, to, and to, so to it's even, hard. You know, I'm catching up on a lifetime of stuff. Yes, but the, the difference and between yes, you and me. Basically, you, what I did with yes is I just shoved it down your throat. Oh yeah. And you haven't even really assimilated. I no, I haven't even anything. begun. I haven't yeah. begun to chew yet. I'm waiting for the saliva to do half the work. Yeah, for because me. it just went into your belly, and you're just like you feel sick because it's so much. No, quite. That's actually a good analogy. But the thing is, for me, you were there. For me, it's. I'm I'm reading a history book. Yeah, that's really the and you're at the, the tail. way it feels. One like. thing cool is you're at the tail end, so you're getting bits and pieces here. Exactly. So you're so getting that's, a little bit of the I feel just, of it. Well, it's like I didn't get into Jimi Hendrix really until you know, two years ago. Yeah, probably that's about the right time. You know, I started really when I started yeah. really playing guitar. Yeah. Then I was like, oh wait, you know, this is Jimi Hendrix. And he's but like, let's talk but about like, this. How old are people, you? I'm only 23. So you would be 21. 20 is about the right time. I mean. You weren't exposed to it when you were in high school. I but, avoided it in high school. Actually, okay. a lot of the stuff I avoided on purpose. And there's which nothing. Is quite there's nothing wrong with you. A lot of young men do that. Oh, but yeah. later, when you get away from all the trends and the craziness and the drugs and the sex and the rock and roll, you get you, you get say, back to the yeah. You go like the rock and roll. Well, but you take a look at the fact that a lot of this music isn't necessarily about all that. It is, but it isn't. Yeah. No. So you see the artistic value in it. I do. I think part of it is just you know my tastes have always kind of gone in circles. So there's always that too. But um, I guess what I'm trying to say, you know, it was hard for you. I saw yes because I didn't want the Jimi Hendrix scenario. Yeah, I would give anything. Literally, if if the devil himself appeared right now and said, "Look, you give me X, sign the contract, you'll Your see soul. Lev Zeppelin live with Jimi Hendrix opening up." Which, oh, holy hell! <laughs> and then Black Sabbath to close. No, um, like. Literally, like, I would give almost anything. I'd pay yeah. any dollar amount to see Led Zeppelin. But right. I will never have that. And so, yes, yeah. comes, I have a chance. It's not the original lineup. Yes, John's not with them. But, or Rick Wakeman. <sighs> but it was still good. I guess what I'm saying is I'm already missing half of it. Yeah. I got to get what, you know, it's kind of like when you show up late to a meal. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, all we got left are, you know, rolls and water. Well, fuck, I'm still hungry. Yeah, I'm going to so, eat something. Yeah. And then you get a little nibble of, of the main plate, and you're like, wow, that was good. Yeah. I wonder, what it, would, I wonder yeah. what it would have been like yeah. warm. Exactly. That's the problem yeah. I have with being the, the only thing you know, too, though, younger generation. We did this so spontaneous. I think we bought the tickets three weeks before the show. Because it was kind of, yeah. I told you we should do it so you get to see it. Yep. And it was I want kind my, of an and omen I, thing. And too. I wanted my daughter to see it, too, oh, who's nine years old. This is the only chance she'll probably And she actually get. really loved it, by the way. Oh, and she was digging it. Oh, and yeah. by the way, for the audience, the. The pictures, the shirt that you see is my my daughter's shirt. She absolutely loves her shirt. So she already went to school with it. 
And her teacher was like, you're into that band? Oh, my gosh. Are they still alive? That's her teacher. Well, the flip side And the kids also... are like, who are yes? Who's yes? So, you know, the kids are confused. Tell the story of the T-shirts, though, because that's a cute little story there. Oh, yeah. I... You went to go get one. Well, they had the fragile shirt. Okay. But it was kind of redone with the really nice yes emblem, which you'll see on the pictures. And that's the shirt I wanted. And then the shirt I got was like the yes symbol, but it had a red outline with really neat like tie-dye look in it inside mm-hmm. the yes itself. And it was a black shirt. And on the back, it was like a tie-dyed uh, butterfly with the tour dates. And it's black. And I like that shirt, but I wanted the fragile one. And then my daughter wanted that one. Well, they had the opposite sizes where so, the one I liked was in medium and the one she liked was in large. So we ended up you getting each other's other shirts. Yeah, each other's shirts. Because of the way the sizes worked out. <laughs> so she bought your size. Yes. And she bought your shirt in a, yes. in a medium. But it turned out where she actually loves her shirt now. So Isn't it funny the way that... But that... See, okay. And this is the thing. That is what builds nostalgia. Yes. And you always look at the shirt and remember that moment you had with That's your daughter right. when Yes was on their last leg in a tour... This could be the very last time they ever come Probably, to the Bay yes. Area. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You will always remember yeah. that moment, that shirt for that. Yeah. That makes a shirt tons more special than if you got the right shirt in the right size for you. Yeah, exactly. You know, that that's what I'm trying to hint at when it's like, I don't have those experiences with these bands I love. Led Zeppelin, you know, is doing reissues. Yeah. Like, whatever. It, it's just a, But they'll I'm never not... tour again. Robert Plant looks so fried over. It's, no, dude. It's, it, he really aged badly. He's the next Lich Bard. Yeah, you know he already is. He really is. Well, badly. no, he's he's so. up there in his levels. But anyway, the point is, you know, yes is the exact same situation. Yeah, I'm. You know, the youngest member is still not young per se. You know what I'm saying? Well, he's, the youngest member is the newest member of the band, the singer. Right, but okay, he's not. He's not a spring John chicken. Davidson. He's not a spring chicken. No, either. he's my age. He's like forty. So I mean, like, let's be honest. Something could happen to him theoretically. He could have a heart sure, attack one day sure. and die. I don't know what's going no, on. No, I know with what you're him. saying. It's just. Plus, the thing is, half these rock stars, man. Well, know, I have drug, regrets. sex, rock and roll. I have That's regrets. I mean, I had a, I had an opportunity, three times to see Deep Purple with John Lord, and I turned him down every time. It had to do with being busy and just, I didn't put value, on seeing something that was special. And John Lord was someone in rock history and rock and roll was special. I didn't value it and I kicked myself for not going to see him when he was playing with Deep Purple. And, and this uh, is the man who you, you've seen, Stevie Ray Vaughan. And like I've his, seen, and I saw him six, show. yeah, his last tour, his last tour. And I want to say something, it's one of my highlights. It was epic and you tell me you're not a big Stevie Ray Vaughan fan, but I will tell you. I appreciate his genius. No, no, he's, yeah, of the, course. The, the style of blues is Of course, mine. but I will tell you this. If you would have seen him live. Oh, yeah, it would have been a different story. You would have been a fan for life. He was so amazing. Um, I just, there's nothing to describe. And I'm so glad I, I, I was a fan and I was smart enough to go see it. But I didn't do that with Deep Purple. And I really liked Deep Purple a lot. And I just didn't make the time to go see it. And, of course... Now I let it slip by and he's passed in 2012. So it was kind of like with the yes thing, I thought about that because I've been going back into the Deep Purple stuff and I thought, well, you know what? As much as Josh isn't into it yet, he doesn't understand it. I can't make the same mistake you did. Yeah, yeah. and my sister, my daughter, I really wanted to see it because it's something I valued over the years. Let's drop the money. It, it's going to be worth it later. Yeah. And... So we're kind of making up for the opportunity for both you and my daughter to see it. 
Uh, plus, actually, Simone's seen it twice. She doesn't realize it because when we saw the 35th anniversary nine years ago, she was in Mama's belly. <laughs> so technically, she has gone to Yes twice. Heaven and Earth. So there you go. There you go. But um, no, I just wanted to make sure you guys had that experience because Yes is one of those bands, especially if you love music, that you need to have that experience with it if, it, if it's available. So I didn't want you guys to miss the opportunity. Because I really felt this is kind of the epilogue tour, in my opinion. Well, yeah. Yes has always played a very prominent part in your life. You said to me, it's always been like an omen. It's always been yeah. something, you know. It's yeah. like you, you felt like it would be a bad omen and a bad juju if we didn't go. Everything exciting in my life, um, back in the 80s, all the way to now, every time that it's happened, it's like Yes came around. You know, and it was kind of like those special moments I had in the 80s and some campaigns I was running and the 40K experiences I had. Um, the, the Call of Cthulhu campaign I had uh, that went on for two years Yes would come around and it was such an exciting time and so it was like wow Yes came around so I'd see this magnificent concert and it would just be so positive and then we had this positive things happening in life you know that I enjoy in my life gaming and girlfriends and stuff like that so it just was always there when the right things it came was, around it was a reverse black cat yeah. <laughs> sort of thing. Is that what it is? Or? It was the positive Eldar, not the dark Eldar coming around, you know. Once and wait a second. You know, I want to bring this up. Mm-hmm. We covered Macedon. Yes. And their name of their album is Once More Around the Sun mm-hmm. of their new one. Yep. And that album meant a lot to you and I in a lot of ways because yeah. in a lot of ways, a lot of this that we're enjoying right now, like the first edition D D modules we're running. Yeah. Uh this now yes concert. I feel like that's what we're doing. We're doing one more time around the sun before everything changes. So that Macedon album really signifies where Hive Mind is at right now. In Don't a lot agree? of ways, yeah. Yeah, because you, you you tell me often the stories, the horror stories or you know Yeah the, you know, about playing D D with your friends and and how that always panned out. Tomb of Horrors, you know, was always a story a staple, in particular. Yeah. yeah. So having the honor to play that again, or not again, I should say, having the honor to play again. Wait a second. I'm you. glad you brought that out. I said, and I told you, mm-hmm. this will be the last time I run S1 was, and the Asterix series. This is it. Yeah. So in a way, this is once more time it's, around the oh, sun. It's the same with thing yes with yes and, yes and, This yeah. is it. This is the final time because I'm putting it all away, never to revisit it again. So we're exactly. defining it. So we played through Tomb of Horrors. Now we're doing White Plume Mountain. And I actually we got finished. Yeah, well, yeah, we finished. Right now, we, you know, we're, we're posting it. Um, and we're getting ready for WG4. Yeah, so that's kind of half the reason why yeah. we're taking a little... It's it's a break for us. Because, it's epic because you know, it's doing, a lot of work what we're doing. Oh, uh, dude. A me. lot of work. There's so many days that... There's yeah. so many times gaming session. I'm literally prepping... X, Y, and Z right before the session. I'm yeah, sitting down and too. making the players yeah. roll dice for me and tell me the numbers. Well, let's, <laughs> let's just go through real quick. You work in a warehouse and I'm a truck driver and our schedules are disjointed. Opposite, and, yeah, and we're and passing ships very, with the exception of gaming. Yeah, and they're very demanding and so it costs us a lot to get this done. Well, I mean, we would be gaming right now were we not on a little bit of a break. That's why we have a chance to record. That's right. You know, we, we, you know I pushed my schedule and you pushed your schedule just enough so it can touch that, yeah. you know. And we can uh, do this week in, week out. But someone mentioned to me, someone sent a message to Hive Mind. His name was Andy. I won't give any more details because I, I think he knows who he is. Andy made a compliment of uh, of how we were handling the show, you know, the modules and that sort yeah. of thing. He said he enjoyed them. And I was really glad that you know to hear that. So thank you, Andy. It was really nice. 
But one thing he said in particular, and this is why I mention it, he said he had just got done himself running White Plume Mountain. And he was interested to hear a different interpretation on it. So it's not just once more around the sun for us, Dan. It's a once more around the sun for everybody. Yeah. This is taking, you know... Okay, Star Trek Four. Yeah, we're slingshot around the sun and going back in time in a lot yes, of ways. You know, yeah. even though Macedon may not have been back in time, they still feel like they're part of the nostalgia family. Yes, yeah. yeah. I so after that, that that Macedon, I went and subscribed to uh, Art of Skinner, the guy who did the art the artwork, for yeah. uh, for the album cover, and he's a huge D and D fan. He's always doing art. Some relation to old school role play and stuff like that. Yeah. He's you know very much so like us as if we were you know professional artists or something like that. You know that he would be in that category, and it's once more around the sun for him. Yeah, I mean I, I'm gonna you know I don't know what's going on in his life. I'm not trying to pretend like I know what's going on. But what I'm saying is it's really interesting because everyone at least from this perspective. Now granted we're already looking for it, so we're gonna find yeah. it, you know the idea of that, but. You know, everything's going back to what they know and what they enjoy. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool that we have this show to see that. It's kind of like a magnifying yeah. glass, you know what I'm saying? Well, it's Yes has been... The, the, look, look, look. You know, it, yes has been the magnifying glass for yeah. all of this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it's a part of the, 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 the good thing in our life. It came around again. The Eldar found its way to make a round again one more time. It... it I told you there's not coincidence in life. It's just meant to be mm-hmm. something more than just, you know, oh, by the way, fate. I believe in the hand of providence. I'm mm-hmm. leave it at that. So our lives are all circling like galaxies around each other. And yeah. we're all tapping into that subconscious network out there, knowingly or unknowingly. So I didn't want to miss this chance when the Eldar came around again, even though the ship was half empty. So... That's kind of... Only half empty? Yeah. There's only like three of them left. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, but um, in closing thoughts here on the show, um, I'm saddened by it. Again, it's like the end of Lord of the Rings. It's the, yeah, it's it's the Great Havens. This is like the Eldar ship coming and saying, Dan, we're, we're doing this one more time. Yeah. You know, and this is it. It's a bittersweet. It is. It's a very bittersweet because it's something you enjoy... It's like, dude, it's like that moment when you finish a TV series. It's that moment yeah. when you finish the album and it's silent just before the track kicks back over to start again. And it's that it's that little gray area yeah. where it's neither good nor bad. It's neither happy nor sad. It's an ending. It just, it just it's an ending. Is. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's just that space where yeah. for once it's like someone took one end of your soul and the other end of the soul and like clicked them together. Yeah. And you kind of like, oh, okay. And then the album kicks over again or you find a new show to start. Yeah. Before you know it, it's uh, okay. Yeah, I'm back into yeah. the routine. Those moments, those fleeting moments, you know, I've been very much so encapsulated in this show with Yes. Um, S1, when we finished it, mm-hmm. was that feeling. It was a bittersweet. We talked about Oh, that. yes. Because yeah. for me, it's the final time. I defined it the last time. Um, for you, you mentioned you may never play it again because of how epic it was. I don't see a reason to revisit yeah. it. S1 and my... S2 had maybe 20% of what it originally had because we were telling a story and using S2 as a skeleton. The Manicores were a sad death instead of a main antagonist. 
And you know, hear and when people that, hear that, yeah. when they get it and they understand, so it's definitely a different interpretation. In a way, we defined it differently, but with some recognizable things in the module that people who played it. And again, it ended. And as much as it was a burden and some struggle that we had been going through, when we finished it, I felt relief, but I felt sad again. Yeah. Because I know S2, I'll never revisit again. Well, it's over. So that's why, to me, it was sad. And it was an epilogue for me. It was nice, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It, it wasn't. wasn't. It was Christmas waking up and only getting, you know. No, it was Christmas waking up, and it feels like Christmas, but it's not the same Christmas. Yeah. So that's the best way. It's epilogue. It's an epilogue tour. But um, so is, is there any final notes that you would like to mention about the show? Uh, ultimate sadness. That's what, <laughs> that's the only thing I have right now. No, um, It's the one more... It's once more around the sun. Once more around the that's sun. That's all it is. And in a way, if you think about the modules we're playing in this Acerac series, I'm changing them so drastically that um, for people who know the modules, they're saying, wait, he's not following the template. And it's because it isn't the module, really. Dan, that's not yeah. a module. No, it's missing some of the players on purpose. Yeah. Once more around the sun. <laughs> so um, with that. Well, we'd like to thank the band members, right? Of course. Thank you. Yes, for uh, in case any of you are listening, I uh, hope we haven't offended you with the uh, current status of lichdom. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, thank you for the wonderful show. You're more than welcome to reach out to us. We'd, uh, we'd love to have you on the show. Steve Howe. Guitar player. Finish it. Oh, man. John Davidson for vocals. Alan White as the, uh, the drummer, correct? Yeah. Jeff Downs as our, our keyboardist, and Chris Squire as uh, the wonderful bassist who did nothing but play that open E note that shook me. And founding of the member. And then uh, who wasn't there? John Anderson. And... Uh, Rick Wakeman, Bill Bruford, and uh, was it Peter Banks, I think? Who was the original guitar player? Peter Banks. Yep, Peter Banks. Peter Banks. Thank you for all the years of entertainment. So with that, um, thank you guys for listening once again. And uh, make sure you come and visit us on our Facebook page. Come visit us in the forums. And uh, you're always welcome to look for us on Twitter, of course. Shoot us an email. Um, thank you, Andy, for shooting us that wonderful compliment. Uh, we'll be sure to, to read more of those as you know, the days and episodes and weeks go on. Um, make sure that you're listening to our our host, our host podcast, The Roll for Initiative. They, they work very hard to uh, bring you guys good content as well. We'd like to thank them, as always, for giving us a shot to be here and that sort of thing. And uh, Make sure you tell a friend. If you enjoy the show, chances yes, are some of your friends friend. will enjoy yeah, it. that's right. Hive Mind is a curious beast where it always surprises us, right, when we think, man, this show's never going to go anywhere. <laughs> and then it's, you guys come around and you, uh, you prove us wrong. I like it. I like it. Well, it's the times when we really don't care about the numbers and all of a sudden we look and it's like, oh my gosh, that many? Yeah. <laughs> and then when we were up like tracing the numbers, it's like nothing's happening. So. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, it's just the same thing. You stare at the clock and the clock never moves forward. But so. uh, I'm pulling the hive mind over. What uh, what gas station do we use? Fuel station? Yeah. Yes, fuel. 
Yes, fuel. Yeah. Just say yes. That's just say yes. Premium? We'll go in and see if John's there. <laughs> Sounds good. It's here that I begin again. I'm standing.